we forgot about one true X Factor on oh. the Falcons. Oh. And it's Josh Rosen. Oh, oh that my is not, God. That's not where I thought you were going. Sheesh. No, we got to watch out for Josh Rosen. You're now listening to the Wandering Buffalo podcast with your hosts, Andrew Chang and Justin Goddard. All right, welcome into another episode of the Wandering Buffalo Podcast, a show here on the Built in Buffalo Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Chang, and alongside me, as promised, is Justin Goddard. Justin, how are you doing today? You still enjoying that Bills W over New England or what? Still enjoying it. Uh, I'm still on lockdown, so I haven't really had too many other uh, ongoings in life to to really add to or take away from that, so... Um, getting towards the tail end of it here and I'm be honest, I'm after, you know, over a week in the house, I'm still not excited to go back to work. <laughs> well, you know who do, well, I, I, I get that. I really do. I, I don't like working, but here, here we are, but the bills need to get back to work this week because they have a matchup against the Atlanta Falcons and it should be a favorable, favorable matchup for the bills and we're going to break down this preview episode into four segments like we've been doing recently in the past. So we're going to start with number one, overarching stats that will kind of give you a good idea of where the Bills should attack and where maybe they should give a little more attention to. The second segment, we'll talk about some offensive you know, playmakers for the Falcons that we got to watch out for. Then in the third segment, you guessed it defensive playmakers we got to watch out for and then fourth we'll talk about playoff implications and how the bills can clinch a playoff spot here in week 17 which is a nice it's got a nice ring to it (laughs) but uh you know justin i think we just gotta dive in here with some overarching stats and i you know i like doing this in a guessing game kind of style so the bills right now in total offense, where do you think they rank out of 32? Uh, I would guess that they'd be... I want to say just a shade outside of the top five, so I'll say seven. Oof, that was a close guess. They're sixth. That's very. That's hey. pretty close. Now, here's the kicker. Where do you think the Falcons' offense is out of 32? Um. So... We'll get into this kind of later, but through looking through the roster and trying to figure out how their depth chart has gotten them to seven wins, I'm going to have to say the offense is doing some of the carrying. Um, I'm going to put them kind of right in the middle of the pack. We'll say 15. 25. Okay. 25. I don't know how they're winning games. Remember that. 25th total offense. And as we know, I'm not going to even bother to ask you this, but the Bills have the number one total defense. So, you know, from bird's eye view, this is a very, very favorable matchup. Uh, I think last week at the time of the preview episode for the Patriots, they had the 14th or 13th total offense. I, I, I can't remember or rushing offense. And I think the Bills, you know, did, did their job, especially against the passing of 
McCorkle Jones there. And I think, what was the math again? He threw like for 43% or something. 43.75. Yeah, something like that. I'll never be able to forget that number. (laughs) Yeah, so hopefully, um, you know, Matt Ryan, as as he's looking like he's on the tail end or or the back nine of his career, but, uh, you know, there might be some firepower in him left. But uh, I'm not not so confident in um, him throwing the football. And where do you think that the Falcons lie in terms of total defense. Uh, again, looking looking over that roster and trying to pick out the highs and lows of their I gotta say they're like thirty first. Thirty first. You gotta give them a little more credit than that. <laughs> I did. I, I gave them one better than another team. <laughs> wow, wow. They're actually the twenty fourth. So pretty much offense matching defense and I don't know if I'm necessarily if I necessarily expected anything better than this considering uh Arthur Smith is, you know, their head coach and it's his first year. I don't know if they're going to go th- well, I assume they're going to go through a rebuild. That's usually what first-time head coaches kind of really implement. They want to bring their guys in and you'll see a mass exodus, them ripping off the band-aid and all this other stuff. But uh 24th and 25th for uh defense and offense respectively. And this is an area where the Bills' sixth total offense should take advantage against the Falcons. That is huge. Huge, Justin. And how do you think that the Bills would, and we'll get into the segment, but like the Bills are just going to like blow them out, or like do you think it's going to be a closer game? Just from a bird's eye view. Um, so, so doing the bird's eye view version of it, what I kind of start with is the fact that the Falcons are at seven and eight, and um, they're only one game out of a playoff spot right now. Um, mm-hmm. The Eagles are eight and seven and sitting in the seventh seed, and um, the Falcons are currently sitting in, I believe, ninth. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what I kind of was looking at is outside of those, you know, numbers and players and and whatnot. They're doing enough to to win some games, and they are in sitting in a position where they're playing with their lives on the line. Um, <clears throat> they're still playing for a playoff spot. It's not like you know they're just waiting for locker room cleanout day. Um, so on paper, I would I would say you know easy dub, blowout win, uh, and I think that's possible. But I think it's more realistic that we really see Atlanta's best shot and it's it's a closer game than we'd really expect right now i'm gonna quickly give you some special team stats and let you react to it and i i typically don't give you special teams statistics but lately i've been noticing when the bills are comfortable with letting an opposing team's returner get out there to return the ball because they just feel like we're gonna stop you well short of the 25th 25 yard uh line but Get this. The Falcons are 18th in returning kickoffs. They're 16th at kicking uh, on kickoffs. And then they're 15th at net punt yards on returning. So 42.0 yards on return. The Bills are 6th at kicking off. So... 
Oh, I'm sorry, they're ninth at kicking off and sixth at returning. So I suspect that what the Falcons are going to do is that they're going to kick the you know kick off out of out of uh, reach of whoever's taking the return for us nowadays, and then that the Bills are going to probably let whoever is returning the ball for the Falcons to take it out. Am I wrong? Is that is that a fair assumption? No, I'd agree with you. I uh, I think we talked about this a few weeks back that we're kind of looking more into that as like just these every little advantage that McDermott can try to get, he's going to try to get. Mm-hmm. And there's very few very few teams, very few players that I'm uncomfortable kicking to. Uh, I think our special teams has been very good above average uh, special teams units for several years now. Yeah. And kind of just that little advantage of we're going to kick it right to the goal line, one yard deep into the end zone. And Mm -hmm. we're going to let our guys get down there and cover it. I think even with teams that don't have the best special teams units, you see more often than not that you're getting them down around the 25 yard line regardless Mm-hmm. Um, and the chances of them really getting broken off just don't happen all that much anymore. Um, yeah. So considering the investments we make on special teams and how effective we've been there, I I would make everybody take it right from the one-yard line, and, and I would play my cards that way. Right. And then last thing in stats, I know stats aren't the most, you know, rejuvenating thing for a podcast but they are important i swear (laughs) is that the turnover differential the falcons are 24th at minus five and then the bills are fourth at plus 10 there are opportunities here for the bills to take away the football and i i think that they can definitely do it and we'll we'll get into that right now because we're actually going to switch things into our second segment, which is about some defensive notes that were defensive players on the Falcons that maybe we should watch out for. And Justin, I know you kind of prepared some notes for this, so why don't you uh, kick this one off? Yeah, so the defensive side of the ball is where I was getting to with this roster that, you know, I I'm a fan of the NFL, I'm a fan of the league, and... You know, there's there's the players on every team that even if you don't follow the team, you still have the the household names, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the guys that you can pick out. And just looking at this this Falcons team, they don't really have many players um, by that standard. I mean, I'm I was looking through on you know who who I feel like is going to threaten to take over a game, or you know who could really make us have a bad time. And one of the guys I brought up with you pre-show was AJ, uh, AJ Terrell. Mm-hmm. And I remember him being like a pretty good, decent cornerback. And, and your fir- first reaction was, AJ Terrell's kind of sus, right? <laughs> <laughs> and well, that's, that's somebody that I was looking to as kind of a highlight on their defense. So yeah, um, Grady Jarrett up front, he's, he's a good player, but it, mm-hmm. it, to me it's kind of, him and a bunch of they're NFL caliber players, but I there's not really anybody that's striking too much fear in me. Maybe Dante Fowler. Mm-hmm. Well, to be fair, AJ Terrell is is still fairly new to the league. So when I say he was sus, I'm right now he's sus. Right, he can 
he can get there maybe, but uh, right now, maybe not so not so hot. Maybe next year. <laughs> um, like you said, Garrett, super, su- definitely a highlight person for that defense. But one person who I want to talk about is uh, Oluwiken. I, I'm sorry if I mispronounce your name, but he's the linebacker. He's got, he leads the team in tackles at 166, and he also leads the team in interceptions with two. So definitely someone that the Bills should probably watch out for. I don't know how their Bills would attack um, Oluwiken. Maybe they just all together go away from since he seems to be the most productive and highlight-making machine. What do you suspect that the Bills are going to do to combat Oluwiken? Well, first and foremost, you know I invo- you know I avoided my guy Oluwiken here, um, so I didn't have to be the one to say his name first. <laughs> um, yeah. We need hooked so, on phonics bills edition. Yeah. <laughs> so they, they run a, a three, four defense. Um, so part of, part of that three, four defense is the, I feel like the middle linebackers often kind of have a little bit of inflated stats, especially in the tackles department. Um, just because it's, it's designed for, the linemen to kind of open up the space for the linebackers to make the plays. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think the pretty obvious answer there is is something that the Bills shouldn't be trying very often anyways, and that's mm-hmm. just kind of bashing the running backs between the tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the past... Wait, you don't want to send Moss in between the tackles? I don't want to send Moss onto the field. <laughs> <laughs> Um, All right. I think we've seen in the past few weeks a little bit more creativity out of the Bills run game and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, infusing McKenzie back into that jet sweep, kind of mm-hmm. opening up the edges a little bit and just kind of all working together. And I think it's, it's opened up some of the edge runs that we really weren't able to do because of our, our lack of speed from the running backs. Mm-hmm. And, and so for the better part of the first year, for the better part of the beginning of this year, there was an awful lot of we're just going to keep smashing between the tackles to no avail. Um, whereas now I think it's kind of opened up gaps and there's a little bit more misdirection on what we're doing with the running game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so to your point, you know their their highest highest numbers guy for tackles, the their most dominant tackler on the team. I would just avoid running straight at him mm-hmm. and maybe do some th- some things with uh, like underneath routes to get him a little bit out of position. Put him in some conflicts and some high and low yeah. concepts, maybe. <laughs> yeah, make but, him decide. Um, you know, I we'll move to the offense here real quick because there are, in my opinion, more highlight players there than the defense, and I mean that with no disrespect whatsoever, but. You saw that the Patriots rushed four. They thought they could get home with their four. And to their credit, their defensive line is pretty good. I'll give them that. And the Bills were able to hold them off. And Josh Allen was able to make that line look pretty good by avoiding some pressure. But they were dropping back everyone, right? So that the Bills had to be patient and like do check downs and do some small plays here and there. And we, we noticed that. The Bills are able to be patient, which is fantastic because 
Josh is taking what the defense gives him. And if I'm Atlanta and I see and I, you know, I watch that game and I'm watching film breakdown on the Patriots and Bills game, I'm thinking to myself, oh, shit, what am I going to do? Because if I blitz him, we know Josh Allen is pretty good against pressure and blitz. But if I don't blitz him, then we know that this team has shown that they can be methodical and move the ball down the field with these death by a million paper cut style offense. And when everything does get covered and you have the right defense, Josh Allen can transcend your team by doing something that he shouldn't be able to do, like th- like the two throws that he throws across the middle behind him, or he'll juke out a, a defensive lineman and your best cornerback to pick up a first down. Like Josh Allen is literally the X factor, like of this team. He he is the best player on the Bills team for sure. And it, I don't know if you ever play Madden, but he's definitely like that X factor game chip or whatever that they introduced a couple years ago. So if I'm Atlanta, like I said, I, I don't even know what you do. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that game against the Patriots kind of. Shows to me, like, in my opinion, why Josh is right up there with with the best quarterback in the league conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, he has his warts at times, and, you know, we pretty much live and die by Josh. Um, mm-hmm. But if you have a game where he's playing patient and he's willing to take the profits and, you know, my, my biggest complaint with Josh is that he he sometimes will, like, miss one of the big plays, mm-hmm. and then we watch him just chasing it, and it just seems like he knew he should have had, like, for instance, that uh, Kumaro ball that mm-hmm. he missed. Um, <clears throat> we've seen in, in previous games where he would miss a throw like that, and then it seems like he's just chasing it, like he has to get it with that big play. Right. Um, versus this Patriots game. He missed that throw and he came back and went right back to taking his profits. Um, when things are covered, he makes you pay with his legs. And there's some other, you know, dynamic running quarterbacks out there. Um, but with the balance of how Josh is able to run um, mixed with his arm talent is, you know, I, I think you see more like other quarterbacks give in some area a little bit. Yeah. Um, That's definitely going to be tough for uh, Atlanta to defend for sure. And without, you know, let's transition to offense and their head coach, Arthur Smith, who should be kind of familiar with Josh Allen since he used to be the offensive coordinator for, well, familiar with the Buffalo Bills defense. Maybe not Josh Allen. Maybe he wishes he had Josh Allen, but, you know, that that's another thing. But before we get into the offensive uh, side of football for this game preview, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. We're going to wrap up this episode by talking about the offensive playmakers for the Falcons that the Bills should probably watch out for. Then we're going to wrap up this episode by talking about some playoff implications and how the Bills can clinch a playoff spot here in Week 17. Justin, I know you have some notes here for the offensive playmakers for the Falcons, so I'll just turn the wheel over to you. Who do do the Bills need to watch out for in this matchup? Um, so I I think there is more talent on this team on the offensive side of the roster. Um, it's kind of interesting to me to see like 
they haven't gone full rebuild. Um, I guess they're trying to, you know, squeeze out some of the last of Matt Ryan here. So we'll start right at the at the top with Matt Ryan, um, who's definitely getting up there in age. Um, but he looks like to me, considering the talent around him, that he's still playing some pretty good football. Um, I was a little bit surprised with Arthur Smith coming in in his first year. Um, you know, their draft position in this previous draft that we didn't see the Falcons go out and use use that asset to bring in his own quarterback. You know, typically you see a new quarterback want to start fresh, but they decided to roll with Matt Ryan another year. Um, I think he's still playing pretty well, um, but then we kind of get into some of the talent surrounding him. And, you know, we have the receivers are a little bit thin to me. I think Russell Gage is is a pretty good player, but probably more of like a number two. Um, obviously, they typically have Kelvin Ridley, but he has been missing for a good chunk of the season um, due to some some uh, personal, personal problems, I guess. And, yeah. Yeah. Very respectful and then for we, him to do that, by the way. I totally get yeah, it. Like, t- take the time you need. Uh, yeah. Um, and then their their second receiver would be Tajay Sharp. Um, I, I it kind of just goes right down the list for me that I feel like he's fine as like a number three or four option, but as a number two, he's a little out of his depth. Um, and then we see that he's also I believe he was out last week, but as of recording on Tuesday this week, um, he was placed on the the COVID list today. Um, so don't know his vaccination status or whatever. So I guess he could be available on Sunday. Um, could not be. So turn it back over to you, kind of get your, your thoughts on those ones, and then we can dive back more into it. Yeah, so I think you started off with Matt Ryan, so I'll kick things off with there, off there. And, you know, this team, there's no doubting that this team is kind of going through – some obstacles, right? New head coach, new scheme, uh, some turnovers uh, with, you know, personnel. And you, they lost some key contributors, uh, contributors, not contributors, <laughs> such as, uh, you know, oh my God, I just forgot, Calvin Ridley. So that that's a, you know, a huge loss for this team. But even with all those obstacles in the way, Matt Ryan's actually not doing bad as you you know mentioned so i'll echo it a little bit here he's he has a completion percentage right now of 67.9 percent that's pretty good right he's got 3555 yards an average of 7.1 yards per completion about 240 yards per game not bad uh he's got 19 touchdowns 11 interceptions obviously if you're uh, if you're Matt Ryan, you want the interceptions a little lower. And he's got a rating of 91.5, which, if I'm not mistaken, 90's average. So that's pretty good considering what he's got to work with. So I think Matt Ryan's actually doing a pretty serviceable job with everything considered. So I I think he's doing all right. You know, you also mentioned that uh, I think you said Cordell Patterson, right? Uh, I didn't get to him yet, but oh, he's wow. going to be on the list, so you can feel free to dive in there. 
Okay, I'll get, you know what? I'll just flush out my thoughts and then I'll we'll ping pong off each other. <laughs> but Cordell Patterson leads this team in rushing yards with 579 yards. We know he is a Swiss Army knife because he's a running back, receiver, and returner. Um, also, shout out to Cord- Cordell Patterson's mom. I liked what he said. Like my mom can work like three jobs or two jobs. I, I can play like three positions or something like that. So shout out to all the moms out there. Uh, but he also, so like I said, he leads the team in rushing with 579 yards, but he also is third on the team for receiving with 523 yards. So that over a thousand yards per scrimmage of, of scrimmage yards for Cordell Patterson. Definitely someone you want to watch out for since he's a chess piece that can move around. You don't know what they're going to do with him. Their leading receiver is Kyle Pitts. You mentioned early, You mentioned him a little bit ago. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you didn't. I. I don't know. I'm losing my mind here. <laughs> but he's definitely someone you want to watch out for. He's got. He's got the high draft pedigree. He's 900. He's got 949 receiving yards. And typically with tight ends, it, at least with Dawson Knox in my mind, which may be a little different. I'm not saying Dawson Knox is Kyle Pitts or vice versa, but from with my experience with bringing a rookie tight end, it takes time. It takes time for them to get the ball rolling. But the fact that, you know, Kyle Pitts is the leading receiver of this team already is pretty impressive. And he's got 101 targets, 64 catches, one touchdown. Yeah, he's got 254 yards after contact. He, he's he got the makeup of a superstar tight end in this league. And the fact that this is his rookie year production is pretty impressive, in my opinion. So I'm not trying to have him highlight <laughs> real the Bills. So definitely someone we want to watch out for. And I I just got to put this out there for my own selfish reasons. Mike Davis, I should have never drafted you in my fantasy football league. You're making it hard for me, although I am making it to my finals. But uh, that's because I dropped you. <laughs> So uh, I'll let you flush out the rest of your thoughts there. Yeah, you kind of uh, we kind of worked backwards here, but I like the way we did it here because I, mm-hmm. I was saving Patterson and Pitts for for kind of my last two there. Um, Patterson, I think, is if Atlanta's to win this game, he's the X factor even more than Kyle Pitts. Um, I think as far as like the passing game goes. Um, you know Kyle Pitts is going to get a lot of targets. Um, you know going through the game plan the whole week leading up to it, what they want to do with Pitts. You know, he, mm-hmm. he's kind of a tight end, kind of a wide receiver. Um, we mentioned earlier kind of them being thin at wide receiver. Um, so he, he kind of benefits from that and getting the more targets. And the numbers that he's putting up for a rookie tight end, it's, it's just bananas. And... You kind of mentioned tight ends being a slow developing position. You know, it, even kind of the best tight ends in the game are, you know, two, three, four years before you see the kind of impact that you're getting out of Kyle Pitts right now. I.e. Um, Dawson Knox. I.e. Dawson Knox. Uh, my, my personal opinions for the Falcons is that they should have gone quarterback there and started the rebuild, um, but kind of hard to argue with the result, and Pitts is looking like, a bona fide superstar. Yeah. Um, so it kind of brings me to your game planning all week to stop Kyle Pitts. Mm-hmm. Um, but what what you have to look at is Patterson and 
he's really hard to game plan for because is he going to be, you know, more of a primary running back? Are they going to use him more in the passing game? Um, do we, we don't know. To him? Yeah. And it, <laughs> it's kind of every time he steps on the field, it doesn't really matter what way they get him the ball, but they like to get it to him. And if he gets the ball in open space, he's super dangerous. Yeah. It makes and, me nervous. Yeah. And, and we saw him kind of revive his career with Atlanta as more of an actual offensive weapon. He was more of just a returner in other places. Um, so you know when he gets the ball in his hands, he's got that vision. He's got the ability to make people miss. And I think he's a super dangerous weapon and and a harder person to pin down exactly how to game plan for how they're going to use him. Yeah, and before we kind of move on to our next session, section here, because I think we did a pretty good job of flushing out our thoughts of the playmakers we forgot about one true X factor on oh. the Falcons. Oh. And it's Josh Rosen. Oh, oh that my is not, God. That's not where I thought you were going. Sheesh. No, we got to watch out for Josh Rosen, man. This guy's thrown, he's got two completions for 11 yards, a completion percentage of 18.2 yard or percent, two interceptions. So there's two, two passes. Two interceptions. I thought for sure you were going Lee Smith there. No, Lee Smith definitely. <laughs> shout out to Lee Smith. I love that guy too. He's got he's got nine catches on the year. Yeah, I mean they're doing everything with him. They're yeah, uh, him around like Cordell Patterson. <laughs> it's funny you say Josh Rosen because I I kind of forgot about him in the mix here, mm-hmm. and I forgot what what game they were playing. They were just getting blown out, and it was uh, it was New England. Was it? And he yeah, came and then in. they yeah, his, and then they took him out, brought in Philip Franks, and then he threw a pick. Yeah, and they're they're <laughs> like they're like one number apart from each other. So I thought he came in and like threw two picks right in a row and felt terrible yeah. for him, but it was two I, separate. It was listen, terrible. I I I I like the Falcons secretly because I have family that lives in Atlanta, so I I kind of like all right, you know, I kind of want them to be good for their sakes. But like, I remember watching that game and I was like, oh my god, this is terrible. This yeah, is not encouraging. If you're wasn't in Atlanta. It like fifty some, fifty to seven or something like fifty. I don't think to it, seven. No, they got shut out, but I don't I don't remember the exact score, but it wasn't great. Not great, Bob. Um, and yeah, that's. Not ideal. And I'm going to play devil's advocate real quick with you because you suggested that, like, hey, if I'm Atlanta, I would have took a quarterback, right? Who was off the board? Trey Lance. Who was off the board before them? Trey Lance. uh, I I can't believe Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, um, Trey Lance, um, Zach Wilson. who who could they have taken? Mac Jones? You would have took Mac Jones instead. Of <clears throat> well, I I would have I would have done it a little bit different. And when you're already that high in the draft, get up a little bit and try to secure your guy. Um, but all those teams needed quarterbacks, though. Yeah, then then find a way to go get Justin Fields. I it's just me personally. Um, I said the same thing when we were talking about Carolina mm-hmm. and them bringing in Sam Darnold. It, it just. I would much rather, if I'm admitting where I'm at as a franchise, I would much rather 
take my blows for a couple of years and bring in somebody that I think can be the guy versus mm-hmm. trying to retread somebody that I know isn't. And hmm. like I said earlier about Matt Ryan, like he's still playing pretty good football. And I think I think that that's even more of the reason to have moved on from him is going into this season, you probably could have flipped him um, to a contender or somebody that thinks they're pretty close and just decent quarterback play away and still got a decent return um, for an aging quarterback that you know isn't in your long-term plans. Um, Kind of use those assets to to go make a move to get one of your guys. Right. Well, I think that they, I disagree respectfully. I think that they saw a superstar in the making, and I think they made the right move because, quite frankly, none of the rookie quarterbacks are really pulling out all the stops right now. And they're rookies, so give them some time. And the last thing I want to talk about this offense before we transition to our fourth segment is that, you know, Arthur Smith has played the Bills a decent amount of times. He's game plan against this defense, and he's had some success, and... I I think that pedigree of him and the experience game planning against Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott is something that the Bills should be cognizant about, and I think we should all keep that in the back of our minds too because we never know. And let's transition to the last segment here, which is playoff implications. And there's only one thing that needs to be said here, Justin. The Bills can clinch in Week 17 – if they win, and if the Chargers and Raiders lose. And I got this from the Buffalo Rumblings website um, just because I saw a post. And I was like, hmm, let me see this because I'm not savvy enough to go on the playoff, uh, New York Times playoff machine and just kind of like click buttons and like check that out. Uh, so much. Gladly, yeah, I gladly take someone else's work, but I do cite them as a, you know, good student or researcher (laughs) but uh yeah so that's pretty exciting the bills can clinch a playoff spot remember like five years ago that was like ludicrous talk yeah it was insane um i'm so i'm kind of readjusted again now because we we went through these weird highs and lows that we've talked about of like beginning of the season it was like the Bills should be number one or number two in the AFC, like mm-hmm. take down the Chiefs this year, Super Bowl contenders. Then it was like, all right, well, maybe we won't get there, but we're going to win the division. Then all of a sudden it was like, will we even win the division? So coming out of that New England game, um, clinching the playoffs would be great if it happens this week with the help and all that. Um, but Beating New England and being back in the driver's seat, it's it's back to this team's got to win the division to me. And the fact that we got to the point where we were just, you know, talking about making the playoffs, it's great. And we can talk about the success McDermott's had only missing the playoffs one year. Um, but ending the season with Atlanta and then the Jets both at home, um, with your destiny in your hands, I, I think you just really got to go out there and not worry about any of the other help that you're getting to clinch playoffs and all that. That's all gravy on top, but there's no reason that you shouldn't win these next two mm-hmm. games. And when you're playing with the division on the line, you just, you got to go out and do it. <clears throat> Focus on week to week. Like they always say, like, 
focus week to week. That I can't, I couldn't agree anymore, Justin, because uh, we all know what happened in Jacksonville. If that happens again, I'm I'm gonna put my head through a wall. <laughs> uh, anyways, that's gonna wrap it up for this episode. Thanks for listening. Uh, make sure to tune in to our game recap episode, which is now again dropping on Mondays, and then we preview the next game against the Jets, which will drop on Thursdays. But uh, Justin, before we get out of here and all that other stuff, who's winning this game? Um, so I got the Bills winning this game. <clears throat> if it was somewhere earlier in the season um, and Atlanta wasn't playing in such a desperate mode, I, I would say we win this game by like three scores. Um, but I think a tighter contest than, than you'd expect. Uh, Bills take it. 27 to 17. That's that's a pretty specific score. And you know I don't give out scores. I do think that the Bills will pull away uh, with a win here and then move on to next week, which is the Jets. Uh, anyways, Justin, where can the people find you and everything that you do? You can find me on any social medias at jgods22. And you, you can find me on social media by searching up 2 Changs. Apologize for the stuttering today. Don't know what it is. I got the jitters. I'm just so excited for this got next the game. Yeah, basically. <laughs> well, that's going to do it. And as always, I'm excited for this game. You should be excited for this game. But most importantly, go Bills. Go Bills.